Yeah, if you right-click on my icon, you should see a volume control that you can oh, slide down. Wow, that's neat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I've never that's seen helpful that before. for the future in case someone's huh. being too quiet or whatever. For the, Did you not know either, The future. Chris? This is the weird in the future now. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very neat. Hey, I can, can mute Allison without, you know. Wow. You can mute me, yeah. You wouldn't even... I'd be like... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> As you often are. Uh-huh. Exactly like that. <laughs> I've uh, I have lowered the volume uh, quite significantly on people and calls before when I'm like they're annoying me. I'm gonna <laughs> not oh. many of our calls. Not sure, sure. Calls. It's, not you it's guys, not but you know, people. <laughs> Shall we get going, guys? Hey everyone, I'm Christopher DeFilippis. I'm Allison Pregler. And I'm Matt Dale. And you are listening to a very special episode of the Quantum Leap Podcast. We're calling this one the Quantum Feedback Extravaganza. I just made that up on the fly right now. What are we calling it? I thought you were calling it like Feed Package. It's the Feed Package. The feed package? <laughs> okay, we'll call it the Feed Package. What about you, Matt? What do you want to call it? <laughs> I have nothing that can beat the, f- the Feed Package. Um... Give me like twenty minutes. I'll come up with a, with a good pun. How about how about the hologram always rings twice? That's a movie that was from the seventies. People probably don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, we no, have so much no listener idea. feedback that we decided, as we mentioned at the end of our Killing Time episode, to put it all together into one big special for everybody's listening enjoyment. And here we are, following through on the promise. So, guys, was I lying? I mean, we got like four pages worth of stuff here. It's crazy. This is four pages of, of small type, Chris. What are you doing to us, man? Uh, <laughs> you know, the people The people demand to be heard, and who am I to stymie, to quash their poetry? This is poetry. Uh, a lot of it is saying how much they love us. So what else could it be besides poetry? We cut out all the bad ones. <laughs> all the, just keep the good ones. This is a lot of people saying how amazing we are. Uh, thanks to everyone for sending all this feedback. How great is it that people want to send us feedback mm. and let us know? Like, thank you. I really genuinely appreciate it. Yeah. It's e- even feedback that isn't so good. The fact that people listen and feel strongly enough that they want to contribute, that's great. Listening while they're doing their, their editing and their jobs that we're all jealous of. <laughs> and let's clarify when Matt says even the feedback that isn't so good. I think he means the feedback that isn't so positive towards us. <laughs> Oh, I didn't mean the qu- the f- the quality of the feedback is is oh, oh my goodness what kind of a hole am I digging for myself right now? We're gonna get some feedback about that, Matt. Yeah, it's it's all good quality feedback, and actually, it seems very positive. Looking through it now, it's all very. But I'm saying even the stuff that's a little more critical, it's it's good that people want to to help us be better. No, I don't think anyone's ever written anything that was like really bad or anything like there's been ones that aren't positive but like i don't think there's ever been one that's like you guys suck (laughs) (laughs) i love those those are my favorite but (laughs) have we gotten ones like that am i forgetting something? no but we do have some people taking (laughs) us to task specifically me to task and we'll get to it adrian i promise you'll you'll be heard (laughs) but uh we're gonna start (laughs) what i'd like to do since this is a podcast and since we do have a telephone line we got a couple of voicemails so I would like to start um, with some voicemails that we got. Specifically, we got a, a call from a listener who discusses my favorite episode, Nuclear Family. So what better way to kick this off? Uh, guys, I'm going to play it for you right here. Have a listen. I'm calling about the Nuclear Family episode. A couple years ago, I was uh, at my uncle's wedding, and it was in Hawaii, and we got an ELS alert on our phone saying that North Korea had fired missiles at us. And I literally stood on the precipice of a cliff debating if I wanted to throw myself off the cliff or be incinerated atom by atom. So the episode about the whole Cuban missile crisis really hit home for me when I just watched it now and then listened to your podcast afterwards. So I figured I would just call and let you guys know about that. I'd like to stay anonymous. All right, bye. Man, I'm I'm really glad I'm really glad that you didn't uh, whoever it was that called him. I'm really glad that 
that you're here. That's, yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about that episode a lot in recent days, and I think for for similar reasons. There's a lot of stuff that parallels things now, and uh, I, th- I think of the episode because that's all I have for reference for that time, because obviously none of us were around when that happened, but, you know, down to, like... <laughs> When uh, Al gives that that uh, that talk to Sam about, we didn't, you know, we all thought that we were this close to World War Three. Like nobody knew that it was going to work out okay. Um, you think about things that are happening now. We re- we really don't know where we're at right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I also think a lot about the scene in the bunker when he's talking to um, the neighbor, the the Jewish woman, mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about, oh, it'll it'll be fine. And then she says, like, no, you know, that's that's what they told us, like, nothing's going to happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little heavy here, too, but it's on my mind a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I just it, it just it always amazes me how what we do touches people in so many different ways. And I thought that this call, even though it is a heavy call to start with, is just like, how can I not play something like that? I mean, that that's just to me part of what makes what we do worth it and sometimes like just amazing. So yes, thank you anonymous caller for, um, for not choosing the cliff and, Mm -hmm. uh, we're glad everybody is okay. And, um, thank you so much for listening and for sharing that harrowing experience because I don't know what else to call it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. All right. Uh, we have another voicemail. Um, this one's a little bit jauntier. So everybody, it's all right. Uh, we can pull back a little bit. Um, Let's listen to this next voicemail from listener Mike Thomas. Hi, this is Mike Thomas calling. Um, I've listened to the podcast since day one. I have a desk job, and so as I have a desk job and I'm working, I just listen to it, and I love the podcast. I liked Albie and Heather at first and was sad when they left, but I've really gotten to love you three for doing it. Um, I'm just calling because I had a couple of comments. Uh, when you were discussing the episode rape and, uh, Chris was saying that, you know, when Sam said, oh no, not again, and wondering what that was about, I 100% believe that was about him leaping into a woman again, just because he said it right after they said little lady. Second thing was in the episode dreams, which is probably, I feel, one of the worst quantum leaps. <laughs> um, but love when you guys talk about it because I love Al's impersonation of the baby voice. Oh. <laughs> makes me crack up every single time. When Sam says, you. you remember when we climbed a leaf and Al says, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I don't think that was him not remembering all of a sudden. I think that was his promise to Donna that he wouldn't tell Sam anything about her. And so he was going to say, yeah, I remember, but he oh. didn't want to jog Sam's memory and have him start remembering back home. So just a couple episodes that I had some commentary on, wanted to offer. Um, also, Matt, his book, Beyond the Mirror Image, I would really love to pick up a copy, but I can't seem to find it anywhere, and I don't know if maybe you can go over it again in the next podcast, uh, where to order his book, Beyond the Mirror Image, from. I would really love to read it. I'm like a 160% Quan Lee fan. Loved it my whole life. And if you want to play this on the podcast, that would be awesome, because I would love to hear myself on a podcast. I would show it to my wife, even though she would probably make fun of me. Um, anyways, uh, thanks for listening to me ramble. Talk to you later. Bye. What a great bit of feedback. Thank you, Mike. Lovely guy. Yeah, Mike. And thanks for saying such lovely things about the podcast and about our tenure on the podcast. We know that it was probably a big transition for the majority of listeners when we took over, but it seems to me that, um, we're still, we're still plugging. So we're doing something right and we're glad that you're enjoying it. Uh, we especially love when you can invoke the specter of dreams because uh-huh. I too <laughs> love it when Allison does her dreams uh-huh. voice. You know who else loves that episode? My mommy! <laughs> Stop it! We haven't heard my mommy in about, I don't know, four solid episodes now. So, whew, <laughs> going through the, the withdrawals. To bring it on back, Mike. That episode wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dreams. Oh, boy. Well, we're glad that um, you were able to listen through and uh, you're still having a good time with it. And worry not, because here's your opportunity for your wife to make fun of you. We mentioned your name. We played your voicemail. And (laughs) I, sir, am in the same boat. My wife is not a podcast listener. She's always like, what are you listening to today? She knows you you record this, right, Chris? 
Yeah, she knows that. Do you just disappear off to your office and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing in there for these friends, hours so. on end? What do you mean you're editing? Nothing, what is go this, away! What is this editing thing you keep talking about? <laughs> my wife and I have very dissimilar interests. So, uh, Mike, you're, you're speaking my language. Anyway, thank you so much for reaching out, and thank you for the kind words. Uh, Matt, you got to tell – how do you how – Is you... now a good time for me to plug? I th- plug I, your book! I, th- I thought I plugged my book too much. This is a rare treat to have someone asking me to plug my book. So, here's 20 minutes of me talking about the book that I wrote. No, um, so, the, um, no, it's, it's great that there's somebody else that wants to, wants to pick it up. It's, um, it's available online. It's print on demand, so uh, you won't find it in any shops. But if you visit tmebooks.uk, then you'll find a link to uh, your local Lulu store who will take the order, print it, and ship it to you within a few days. And uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. Do send some more feedback um, once you've had a chance to read it. I I recommend anyone uh, who hasn't read the book, uh, if you have an interest in Quantum Leap, like it's the most comprehensive, like minute details about the show and all this great trivia. A lot of it mined from from this podcast, but a lot of it from uh, from your own research too. And um, yeah, it's great. It's like the best companion piece to Quantum Leap. Thank you. Alison knows I'm terrible at uh, bigging myself up, so that that was uh, very well put. And we'll for sure include the link to uh, purchase Matt's book on the show page for this episode of the podcast. So take a look in your feed. You should be able to click right through to it. All right, guys. So that's Matt Schillen out of the way. <laughs> and that's our voicemails out of the way. So again, thank you for the callers. If any of your listeners out there feel like you want to call, we'll be giving the phone number out at the end of this episode. Just So just keep listening through to the end and uh, we'll be dropping that on you. Real quick. Um, I wanted to throw out a suggestion. <laughs> when we get to the Dr. Ruth episode, we got to ask people to call in. <gasps> like asking for some advice. <laughs> yes. Have them send some voicemails and we'll answer some questions. Are you a sex expert? Well, no, it doesn't have to be sex advice. I just mean, you know. Can, can we answer in German accents? <laughs> well, we, well, we have to, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Welcome to the Quantum Leap podcast. <laughs> this sounds to me like it's going to be a new type of dreams voice. Allison's yeah. Dr. Ruth voice. <laughs> wasn't very german sounding i was trying to do dr ruth but it wasn't very good you, you sounded like scott Bakula doing dr ruth which yeah, is good yeah. well then it sounds about as good as that episode did. exactly <laughs> well i think that's a wonderful idea so why don't we just give that phone number right now you can call with your questions yeah. for dr allison ruth at 707-847-6682 that's 707-847-6682 call early call often because uh, we want to get a whole bunch of them for the podcast wow that's a great idea allison thank you i occasionally i have one (laughs) doesn't happen very often but (laughs) and uh you know i'm sure we'll be able to have fun with it so all right guys we are now moving on to some emails and this is going all the way back to a leap for lisa that's how long we've been sitting on a lot of this feedback and um the first email we're going to read is from a listener named emily hilditch and she writes Hi, Chris, Allison, and Matt, and all at the QLP. In conversations with Matt following the purchase of his amazing book, Beyond the Mirror Image. Oh, God, Matt. Yay! Uh, wait, wait, wait. Par- parenthetically, and yes, Chris, I have your book too, exclamation point. Whoa. <laughs> Matt's been keen to point out how motivational podcast feedback is. So here's my response to A Leap for Lisa. As I noted on your Facebook page when the episode was announced, this is my favorite episode. No mean feat when there are 98 episodes of the best television program from my childhood to pick from. This is the episode for me that is the watched countless times one. The one I can recite word for word and is my go-to app when I've not watched QL in a while. I really enjoyed the extra bits you have provided for us with this one. Interviews and background is always appreciated. I think this is also a fan favorite episode due to the Al slash Bingo heavy backstory and insights into both the project physically and the newish science of re-leaping Bingo. I've always thought the dream leap was down to Sam and Al's Mason and Neuron connections, which you didn't mention. Only that this kind of thing signals a shift in leaping law for season five. I remember 14-year-old QL obsessed me being so excited for season five after this episode aired that we may get more projecty stuff, which we, of course, had to wait for <laughs> for what felt like an age with the BBC. 
I was also recently metaphorically transported back to those times when I found a few promo postcards of Scott in the copper spacesuit for the premiere of Enterprise. See attached. So you can't see it, but they're attached (laughs) to the email. Although at the time I couldn't have parted with them, anything Scott or QL based was held onto tightly as things could be pretty scarce in the UK. Having relived my favorite episode with you guys, it was the podcast that sprung to mind when I had the realization I could participate in the community you have built by sharing some Scott love by passing them on to you for a giveaway. I have to say that another benefit of this podcast for me is that sense of belonging. It was such a long time ago, the anticipation of a Quantum Quest zine dropping on the doorstep. (laughs) The connection to other fans was missing, but we have that now, and it's lovely to recognise names popping up in posts and mentions in the podcast. I also enjoy the excuse to re-watch particular episodes when I've been motivated after hearing your discussions about them. I prefer to do it this way rather than watch ahead of your releases. Wondering how others see the chance to revisit episodes. It's always interesting to see how you remembered feeling versus watching with 2020 eyes, but for the most part the series holds up. Which is why we all still love it, I guess. Leap long and prosper, as they say. Emily Hilditch. <laughs> oh, this is another great one. Yeah. And yeah, I distinctly remember... So I've got to jump in here because I she's obviously about the same age as me, give or take a, a year or so. And I very much remember that, that saying there was about a six-month gap uh, between Leap for Lisa and uh, Leaping of the Shrew with Lee Harvey Oswald kind of jammed in between. So... Yeah, at that time it was a it was a long wait on the BBC. Oh my gosh, that was a that was a great uh, fan theory that uh, mm. the, the Mason and Neuron connection is why the the dream leap happened. Yeah. I yeah. like that. I'm surprised we didn't go into that, but that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my head There we go. Now. That's it. There there was another good point in one of the other um the the voicemail feedbacks too that I really liked that was uh the that Al was lying that he wasn't really re- not remembering he was just lying about Oh yeah. uh not remembering that. Yeah. That was a good point too. Yeah. But yeah, this is a great bit of feedback here. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, Emily. And we do have those cards. Um I guess Matt, you can be the the arbiter of them if if and when we come up with a contest. We got to think of a contest because yes. she did send some scans of the cards attached to the email and it's a really neat looking postcard. I'm holding them in my hands now. There's five of them and they're in mint condition and uh, they're yeah, they're really cool little cards. Can you describe them a little bit, Matt? What are they well, of? Yeah, the 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 front is uh, is Archer in his spacesuit um, with the legend "Meet Kirk's Childhood Hero." Um, it's very uh, exciting. And then on the back, there's a, a picture of the UK VHS sleeve for Broken Bow, and um, just a bit of promotional text about that. So um, yeah, it's it's really neat. Um, obviously, something put together for the video launch rather than anything else. But back then, for Star Trek fans in the UK, the the video launches quite often came significantly before terrestrial airing, so that was our first opportunity to see it. So this was, I I remember this was an exciting time, and um, I don't remember the postcards, but really cool to have them here. So I'm looking forward to sending them on to some, uh, some lucky winners. Yeah, if if we ever decide who those winners are and for what. (laughs) Yes, that's uh, maybe the, uh, the, the best theories to explain mirror image. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. No, that, that's that was a joke. Up no, a no, whole no, can of worms. Don't, don't that's a there. whole can of worms, man. <laughs> yeah. What I really love about that postcard, to go all Star trek here, is that the suit that Archer is wearing is an EV suit, but it's a copper-colored EV suit. That's what really stood out to me is just how much that suit pops on the card, and I really do like it because it's not like the same bland blue that we saw in a lot of Enterprise costumes. They used it for uh, some of the action figures, too, didn't they? The EV suits? I I only know this because I play uh, Star Trek timelines, and they have variants of everyone. EV suit archer, EV suit trip, EV suit blank. (laughs) Can you tell everybody who your character on Star Trek timelines is? Oh, you mean like who I set as the captain? Yes. Yeah, oh, I said... And what his name is? (laughs) I set North Star Archer as my captain. That's uh, Scott Bakula in the cowboy episode, so he's got, like, a cowboy outfit on, and I called the captain uh, Cowboy Howdy. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's the captain of my ship. (laughs) Cowboy Howdy. (laughs) Oh, we can do a whole episode based on that alone. (laughs) (laughs) So as you can see, Emily, the uh, Trek love runs deep here, as as deep, maybe not as deep for Allison as the Quantum Leap love, but pretty damn close. 
I love Star Trek. I can't say Enterprise is my favorite Star Trek, but I do enjoy Scott Bakula in it a lot. Uh, I think that he's got some great episodes, season four in particular, very strong. So, yeah, I think this is a, a great idea for a contest. really appreciate her uh, sending those postcards along to you. Yeah, thank you for thinking of us. Thank you very much, Emily. And we got another response on Facebook for A Leap for Lisa from our Patreon supporter, Tom Quinn. And I'll read this one, guys. It's pretty short and sweet. Tom writes, My thought behind them leaping bingo has long been the only reason it worked was the same reason Sam and Al simi-leaped in the leap back. Sam and Al's brain waves are kind of synced. That's why Sam was able to leap back into Al and bingo, who is just a younger Al, is able to be leaped mm. into Sam. Fair point. You know, it, it's funny because we were just discussing in the Killing Time episode that everybody assumes that there's a link between Sam and Al via Ziggy as far as their neurons and mesons go as to why Al can be projected into the past and Sam can see him more easily and why when they had to do the rush job with Gushy that um, it really wasn't coming through properly. Well, I mean, we know that their brainwaves are synced. It's in the saga cell, right? Right, but I never, I never <laughs> considered it as like that also facilitating them being able to leap into mm. one another and, you know, trading places with one another. You know, I, I guess yeah. it's a logical conclusion that Tom brings up. So yeah, Tom, I think that's, that's a, that's a good thought. It is. I think cause all of us uh, are desperate for, for answers to how things work that uh, there are no answers. <laughs> I don't think this was a thought, but it, it makes perfect sense when you put it, you know, it's kind of like, in in retrospect, we're like, yeah, that kind of that kind of works. Here's the logic. That's the <laughs> so. best we're ever gonna get with Quantum Leap. Kind of works. <laughs> I can't believe Tommy Thompson was like, we didn't we didn't figure out if it was his body or not in the episode where he had no legs. I just uh, nothing made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. No one even knew what was going on back then. We don't know what's going on now, so we gotta kind of make it make sense. <laughs> Well, you know, we do have a bit of feedback um, further down on the list here that kind of addresses that. So let's put a pin in it because uh, we have another another thought about how and why things work or don't work or are a bit inconsistent that I think actually fits in pretty well with the mythology of the show. So um, we have that to look forward to. But uh, before we get there, I just want to say thanks, Tom, for your continued support. And yes, thank for, you. Uh, Making me think now. Now I can't think of it any other way. It's like, duh, <laughs> of course. It's because they're linked. That's how come they can leap between, you know, Sam and Alan, Bingo, and everybody else, um, so easily. So some things Chris is really easily swayed on. It's weird. <laughs> I didn't say it was mind or body. <laughs> it's his body, not his mind. <laughs> it's, his, it's his mind. <laughs> their brain waves are kind of synced. He didn't say that their cells are aligned. How do, how do they sync the brainwaves of someone else's brain? Oh. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? Uh, well, then what are they sending Al back bodily as a hologram? Brainwaves. Boom. Mic drop. Chris out. It's, it's brainwaves in the future. He has a, he has a body brain in the waves future. Brainwaves in the future. But they're sending his brainwaves. His future brainwaves to Sam's past They're sending brainwaves. his brainwaves back. Just his spirit. This is all <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> You can go back and forth on this. Let's just move on before anybody gets hurt. <laughs> right. We had another Facebook post in response to A Leap for Lisa. It's from a man named Thomas. And Matt, why don't you take this one? Sure. Chris, Allison, and Matt, I started listening to your podcast about a year ago, and this is my first time writing in. We all know the Internet Movie Database is not the world's most reliable source of information. Um, but it says that Malcolm McDowell auditioned for the role of Al. So I have two questions. One, do you know if this is true or not? And two, when they made a leap for Lisa, is it possible they meant to cast Malcolm McDowell as Edward St. John V <laughs> as a nod to his audition? <laughs> but through some sort of misunderstanding, cast Roddy McDowell instead. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Thomas. He showed up and then they were like, oh crap, we made a mistake, but they were too nice. They didn't want to. <laughs> Sorry, I got a siren in the background. But <laughs> all I know is that you can't get much bigger of a misunderstanding as to switch Roddy McDowell for Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Imagine if Andy McDowell had showed up on recording that day. Uh... That would have just been, hello. <laughs> Andy McDowell here. 
Uh, with the British accent, obviously, even though she's not British, that's kind of... Never, never mind. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that Malcolm McDowell auditioned for Al. I don't know if that's true or not. I've read that in a few places, and thank you, Thomas, for, for pointing out, because a lot of people don't seem to realize this, that yes, IMDb can be edited by anyone and isn't always reliable, but I have heard that Malcolm McDowell um, reference in a few other places, so I, I've always assumed it's true. I, I love the idea, though, that he's, he was a casting mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the reason that uh, Roddy McDowell got involved, I could be wrong, uh, he was a longtime friend of Dean Stockwell's from when they were child actors. So I think something about that connection led up to this, the fact that he was replacing his character. It just feels like yeah. that's why his uh, he was brought to, to mind there. But that's just my guess. No, that, <laughs> and that makes perfect sense because they did come up in sort of the same world. And uh, from what I understand from listening to Natasha, Zoe, and her not only yesterday podcast and the wonderful piece that she gave us um, in the Leap for Lisa episode that we did. I mean, Roddy and Dean were close. So um, it makes sense to me that that's why. I think he was also friends with uh, Jean-Pierre Dorliac. I don't know if that had anything to do with it either, but I think the Dean Stockwell connection definitely wasn't a coincidence. Yeah, And I'm just thinking you got a TV show and you have someone with the pedigree of Roddy McDowell to come onto your TV show. Oh, man, if you can get Roddy yeah. McDowell on your show. Then, then you do. <laughs> you take him. Yeah. Not that, uh, not that it would be a bad get to get Malcolm McDowell either, but. <laughs> I don't know, Malcolm McDowell's got something of an edge. Like, I think that he would have made a perfect Thames. Yeah. He would be a great evil leaper, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I actually, I don't think Malcolm McDowell ever turned down a role, so he, you know, he probably, he'd do it. More than likely. I saw Home Alone 5. I think that was the one he was in. I no, <laughs> he wasn't, was he? Oh, he was. He definitely was. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell is never unwelcome, though. He's one of those actors, like, I don't think he ever turned anything down, but he, like, elevates anything that he's in. I'm like, all right, I'm here for Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> I absolutely love him in Franklin and Bash. That, that to me, is his uh, definitive role. Apparently, he was in A Clockwork Orange as well. I don't know, whatever. But um... <laughs> He was pretty good in Tank Girl. <laughs> Anyone that's not seen Franklin and Bash has to watch that immediately. What's Franklin and Bash? It's. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It's. Um, oh, names escaping me at the moment. Um, the 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 lead guy from uh, Mark Paul Gosler. Um, it's a it, it's a show about uh, a couple of young hot lawyers who would rather mess around and get drunk and party than actually do anything legal. And it's very funny, and Malcolm McDowell's in it as a bit of an old perv. This sounds like a show made for you. It's got Mark Paul Gossler in it. Yeah. It's, uh, oh my gosh. It's what it only ran for a few seasons. That is Zach so from I... Saved by the Bell, by the way. If anyone I was going to say, I, I knew it had to be some kind of Saved by the Bell thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Alison, I think, I think you'd appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, it's very funny. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'll have to check it out. Oh wow! Thank you for thank you for this this uh, feedback. This got us on all sorts of different threads here. This was great. Now every time I watch Leap for Lisa, I'm I'm just going to imagine Andy McDowell uh, in that role. <laughs> that's just that's where my <laughs> mind's going to go. I still just love the idea of like everyone was too nice to say anything that it wasn't who they were trying to cast. <laughs> what you wonder that guy from Clockwork Orange? No, it's Roddy McDowell. We can't hurt his feelings. So like now we just got we're stuck with Roddy McDowell. <laughs> we got the guy from the ape suit thing. What were we doing? <laughs> oh, Thomas. See what you have wrought. I don't know. Roddy McDowell, I, he, you know, he was in a lot of stuff that, like, I don't know. Maybe he took, like, maybe he didn't turn down roles either. He, I've seen him in a lot of stuff, too. I'm like, all right. Yeah, Roddy had a lot of lean years, so I think his rule was to guest star on, on at least two shows a year up until oh the day gosh. he died. So He, he was know. always great. Yeah, he Genuinely was, so. very, very talented actor. Not just in Quantum Leap, but uh, in everything I've seen him in. Like, he's always really, really good. Oh, next time I watch Lee for Lisa, though, just like you said, Matt, I'm going to picture not Andy, but Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that that puts a whole new spin, a whole new spin. Doing so. uh, Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> Doing Alex with his uh, with his droogs. So. <laughs> all right, that's all we have for Leap for Lisa. So we're going to move on. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff from Lee Harvey Oswald, of course, because it's Lee Harvey friggin' Oswald. And uh, just a quick one. We got a, a nice note from Natasha Pavlovich, who played Marina, who we interviewed for the podcast. And she wrote to us saying, loved playing Marina Oswald and working with this first class cast and crew. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank Aww. you, Natasha. We enjoyed it. When she said first class cast and crew, did she mean on Quantum Leap or did she mean us guys? Yes, is the way I'm going yes. with that. <laughs> <laughs> she, she seems first class, seems like yeah. a classy lady. And I loved her interview. She seems like a very, very interesting person. And that's um, nice she took the time to, to write that note. So thank you. Thank you, Natasha. We've also heard from Ollie Peters, who is a frequent commenter on the Facebook page. And uh, <laughs> this is to just to, to prod Matt a little bit because he's the resident uh, Brit, Ali writes, I think you'll find the definitive representation and factual representation of the JFK assassination is Red Dwarf's Ticket to Ride. It absolutely is. A hundred percent. I'll back that. Uh, just for people who don't know, Red Dwarf is a sci-fi show, and they did an episode about the Kennedy assassination called Ticket to Ride. If you don't know what that is, you can look on my 112263 podcast. <laughs> just search for the British Invasion episode where we talk about Ticket to Ride, along with a Doctor Who book called Who Killed Kennedy. So plenty of extra, you know, fandoms out there that also tackled Lee Harvey Oswald and the Kennedy assassination in much, much different ways. <laughs> so I wanted to put that in there. So, all right. Next Facebook message is from Mr. John Irons. If that name sounds familiar to you listeners out there, it's because John was Billy in the Paradox table read. And he, he was mainly Billy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll always be Billy to us. Yeah. <laughs> You're all suckers. <laughs> he just it's like a ventriloquist puppet was what he was doing. It was so good. <laughs> Whatever he was doing, he was doing it right. Yeah. And he was doing the hell out of it. Uh Matt, do you want to uh start with John's uh thoughts on Lee Harvey Oswald? Sure. Uh he starts with thoughts. I was 17 when this came out, and I remember the Oswald conspiracy theories, JFK movie at the time. I rolled my eyes like Christopher DeFilippis when they revealed he'd be jumping into Oswald because I was sick of JFK stuff. <laughs> I did simultaneously think it was cool that he was going into real history. This resulted in my largely skipping the first episode, but watching part two. I absolutely thought they might have had him shoot JFK, given how much control of himself he'd lost. And that ending, dude. I barely remember anything about this episode, but I have a crystal clear recollection of Al telling Sam that in the original history, the First Lady died too. The idea that we, the real audience, are living in the altered world Sam created blew my mind. Because, of course we are. I mean, I knew this was a show and all, but the history we have would be the history that is. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> the twist was a stroke of absolute genius. I love when a piece of entertainment pulls the audience into a story in an unexpected way. Final thought. You should call the little quasi-leaps that Sam does when he's bouncing around in Oswald's timeline quantum blips, as in <laughs> later when Sam blips from the 50s to the 60s, dot, dot, dot. As always, <laughs> great show, guys. And Okay, quantum blips. Um, <laughs> that's as good a name as any for them, John, Why I suppose. Not? <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I, if I mentioned this on the show, but I always found the ending of Lee Harvey Oswald kind of cheap and obvious. Because you couldn't change history, so you say, Sam created history, ooh. So I think I just have a problem with Lee Harvey Oswald as an episode of Quantum Leap. I don't know, as a 13-year-old, I was stunned. I thought that that was a completely unpredictable twist, but I was 13, so. I mean, that is the, the best way to do it, I think, uh, if you're going to do real history, because obviously you can't change what happened, uh, unless you want to be like Quentin Tarantino and Glorious Bastards, just do whatever you want. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that is the best way to do it. But yeah, there is something, we talked about this pretty extensively, but there's something about um, saying like your fictional character character was involved with an actual assassination and, and things like that, where I get a little bit, there's a line there that I'm, I'm kind of iffy on, but um, I think that was the best way to go about it. 
And thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks, sucker. <laughs> thanks for the feedback, you rube. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've also gotten a little bit of Lee Harvey Oswald feedback from Daria Sigma. She is another Patreon supporter. And Allison, why don't you read this one? Because it kind of deals with something you said during the podcast. Oh, okay. Partway through listening and rewatching now, and I gotta say, your view of it as Don Belisario's Lee Harvey Oswald biopic starring Scott Bakula is not far off. Right? <laughs> right? I'm not wrong. I think he's right on the nose. <laughs> Thanks, Daria. Yeah, Daria. Thanks for chiming in. And uh, moving on. I'm sorry if we're doing these a uh, little bit uh, rapid fire, guys, but we got a lot to get through. And um, Lee Harvey Oswald brought out a lot. People <laughs> had many a thing to say. <laughs> um, next one. I'll, I'll take the, the the top of this one, guys. This is from our friend Sean Ray, um, who, with John, is uh, part of the Cosmic Potato Podcasting Network. Uh, they both have shows on that network. Sean and John founded it, I believe, and they are big fans of the Quantum Leap podcast, both of them. And I frequently guest over on their shows as well. So you can find them at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com, and uh, that's where all of their stuff is. Multiple, multiple shows for your listening pleasure but sean writes in response to lee harvey oswald i'm listening to your review of lee harvey oswald right now and i thought i'd chime in i think that what i like most about this episode is the same thing that i like about season five as a whole they knew that they were coming to an end and they were not afraid to play with the lore of the show and project quantum leap a little more this is something that they haven't done very much because reasons the lore changes throughout the show's run whether it be because of a change in writers or that they just plumb forgot things i don't know the fact that Sam is leaping in and out of Lee at different times in his life and that they explain that every time he leaps out, he takes a little bit of Oswald with him, which explains why he keeps getting pulled back to him and becomes him more and more, is a great concept. It explains more than we've ever heard about why Sam seems to pick up little pieces of people that he becomes. Juxtapose that with what we learn later in the season about why he's able to be in the Civil War, why he gets attached to Abigail Fuller, and the first time that he ever leaps back into someone when he returns to Jimmy's life, and you've got a season that still gives us these great character stories just like it always has, but it builds on the science fiction aspect even more. It would really have been interesting if there'd been a season six. We could have gotten a lot of great stories that were a little more sci-fi and satisfied that itch. A lot of people hate season five, and I'll admit there are things I don't like either but there's a lot of fun to be had in that final season if you're willing to remove the hand link from your own waiting room and enjoy it. <laughs> and hang on. Oh, no. did remove I just read? the hand link from your waiting room. <laughs> Sean Ray, I do declare I'm scandalized. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, Sean, the funny thing is... Um, uh, it's been so long since I've seen season five, and as we're going through it doing the podcast... Yeah, the science fiction is really amazing in it, and I'm enjoying it far more than I remember having enjoyed it. It's like I think the memory of it uh, decreases or diminish. The memory of it diminishes as you get further away, but the fresher it is, I think the better the episodes are. I think they're all still really pretty good, and uh, surprisingly so. So yeah, I'm 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 having a great time with season five thus far. Yeah, I think uh, this echoes a lot of my sentiments about season five, and I, I believe we talked about this on the podcast before, but the fact that, um, and even Tommy Thompson mentioned it, you know, they they had to come up with different kinds of ideas, and they were expanding um, what they thought Quantum Leap was by the time they got to season five, and I think that helped it to grow in a natural way. There's a lot of things you see in season five you wouldn't see in the other seasons, and I, I really enjoy that they... Um, took some risks and did different things, experimented. It's really interesting in that way. Yeah. And I'm just going to have to go on record in saying that I think season six would have been an unmitigated disaster and thank God it never came. <laughs> <laughs> this actually, this just came up last night. I was talking about this with my boyfriend and I was like, you know, I think if they did season six, it would have even less money and even less ideas. So it probably would have been bad, but... There would have been interesting things in it, um, just like season five. It would have developed into into something else. You know what, Allison? I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Um, and thank you, Sean, for uh, your insightful feedback on Lee Harvey Oswald and sort of how it fits into season five as a whole. Um, we have another bit of feedback 
<laughs> from Adrian Salerno. Adrian is a longtime Patreon supporter. He's always front and center when we have a new episode. Uh, he is, you know, he's he's QLP super fan. Like like you know, he's he's the guy. Yeah. And um, I I I, I think I pissed him off. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for some spicy takes here. Are you gonna say that Adrian's got a hand link stuck up his waiting room? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave such insults to Mr. Sean Ray. Um, I think, though, that you guys should probably read what Adrian writes. And uh, I have a little part in the middle here where I have a chance to respond. All right. So just uh, whoever wants to start, let me have it. Lay it on me. All right. Sorry, Chris, but could not disagree more with your theory comment that any conspiracy theory is utter bullshit. Granted, it is all a matter of opinion and we all have our own, but I felt the way that you worded it as if to talk down to anybody that actually didn't believe what you believed, which is not right. There is a lot of supporting evidence to the contrary of your lone gunman theory, so it could equally be argued that to think he acted alone is incorrect. Anyway, aside from that, great podcast as usual. I like the ones that go for ages. <laughs> <laughs> that one certainly did go for ages. Quality uh, over quality, that's what we like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I, I wanted I wanted to, to, to stop here because I did respond to Adrian um with basically what I said on the podcast and I don't think that it could be equally argued that um, he acted alone is incorrect. All the evidence, Adrian, which I wrote, and this is just paraphrasing what we've already had a discussion on. I just want to give the listeners a flavor of our back and forth, all right? Um, I think that all of the evidence supports the fact that Oswald acted alone. And there has been nothing to the contrary but speculation and supposition and circumstantial theories to um, prop up any kind of conspiracy. And... I think that I also maybe came across as maybe exasperated and a little bit forceful on the podcast and dismissive because I've been dealing with this stuff for a long time through 112263. So I feel like I've been through it ad nauseum. And I'm just going to get real for a second here. We currently in America live in a political climate where facts are suddenly somehow fucking optional. And you can just say whatever the hell you want and you have a legion of people that will believe you blindly and therefore you can just move on and that is just not something that i can countenance so if i see that someone has a quote theory and they're presenting it as fact it's gonna irk me a little bit especially because it seems to be like just de rigueur now which drives me nuts anyway um i didn't go through all that on the facebook i just wanted to give you adrian a little bit more context as to why have i sound like a massive dick when it comes to this stuff it's because i'm done so Adrian responded back to me um, on Facebook um, in response to me just pointing out the, the facts of the assassination. And Matt, if you want to take that. Yeah. So Adrian replied saying, all good, Chris. I needed to make the comment based on how you came across. Go back and listen to it again. You came off as condescending on the subject. And I'm not one to quickly say that about you as I've been and still am a huge fan of your perspective on many subjects. All I'm saying is do better in the choosing of your words. There are better ways to express an opinion without coming across like one of those I'm right and anyone who disagrees with me is an idiot types. I suppose my point is, no matter what you think you know categorically, you don't. None of us in this forum or in those YouTube videos know the 100% truth, which causes conversations like this. And of course, disagreeing is fine, but claiming anyone who believes in the utter bullshit is just plain divisive and needed to get called out. And consider me called out, sir. So if I did come across as insulting to anybody or as insulting to your beliefs, I apologize. 100% apologize. I never mean to cast aspersions or um, denigrate anybody. I just know what I believe, and I'm not going to back away from saying it forcefully. That's all. And um, by way of thanks to Adrian, since he says he likes the, the additions that go on for ages – uh, our next recording will be six hours of Alison doing the Dreams voice uh, as a special oh, gonna... Patreon-only exclusive. It makes this uh, this exchange less tense if I just say it all in the, the baby voice. <laughs> oh, good, Chris. I needed to make the comment based on how you came across. Go back and listen to it again. My mommy. <laughs> Much better. Thank you. Yeah. So much <laughs> which which is not to imply that you are a baby, Adrian. I'm just doing what is a goofy voice. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We love you, Adrian. I don't know enough about the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald stuff um, to be for or against. Uh, I think it it seems pretty solid that he acted alone, but um, yeah. But I get what Adrian's talking about. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, right. It's just a matter. It's not. It's not so much the words I was saying. It's the way I was saying them. So uh, yeah, I think that was the yeah. issue he had. Right. So, Mia culpa. Anyway, thank you, Adrian, for the feedback and for the back and forth and for you know having a dialogue with us. This is great. It's not just uh, us yelling at each other, but actually speaking to one another, which I think is kind of what Quantum Leap's all about. Um, you know, learning to make connections with people and uh, making things better. So, anyway. Uh, that's me getting all philosophical. Remember at the top of the podcast when I said that we had um, another comment regarding sort of the inconsistency between Sam's leaps and whether it's mind or whether it's body? Ooh, we get into this again, huh? Well, yeah. we have an email from a listener named Joseph Vandermark who wrote in after running for honor because we discussed it pretty heavily when Tommy was on. And um, he felt like he wanted to chime in. So I'll begin. Um, this is uh, running for honor is different than nowhere to run. Shit. I keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you it. just wrote the run. Oh, so he was talking about nowhere yes, to run. Yes, he was talking about nowhere to run. Oh, okay. I didn't. I haven't read any of this ahead of time, so I didn't know which one he was actually talking no, about. No, no, he was talking about nowhere to run. And um, okay. I mean, let's face it, we've been doing it ever since nowhere to run came. I know I called it running for honor constantly while we were show prepping. I think Matt did as well. Yeah. And um, I even said it on the podcast a couple of times that I had it edited out. So this is just me being an idiot. But uh, yes, I'm sorry. Joseph Vandermark is talking about nowhere to run because we spoke to Tommy regarding the whole mind-body thing. And he writes in an email, Hello, I've recently begun listening to your podcast, which I very much enjoy. I noticed you debating amongst yourselves the nature of Sam's time travel, which seems inconsistent at best. As that much-hated sort of nerd who likes the rules of magic more than the people who cast it i've given this topic far too much thought i'd like to give you my take in the hope that it makes things better but knowing that it probably won't <laughs> i think when sam first invented his time machine it worked using a certain set of rules but when sam leaps he changes his own past as well as those of the people he leaps into and that results in his machine being slightly different in each leap Sometimes he is in mind only, and sometimes he is in his body with an aura mask. Whichever it is, that is the only way it's ever been as far as he knows when he does. Oh, no! I love it! No! Chris, that was cruel making her say that. Matt, please finish. Or, to sum it up, the retcons are internal and episode to episode. Thank you for your time and for sharing your work. The retcons mainly are internal and episode to episode except sorry we go we, we've gone away from what joseph said this is now my commentary uh allison is quite right within the episodes of the series it's consistent there's other things that are inconsistent but this topic thinking about about it this way it's just so complicated to wrap your mind around in an already very very complicated premise of a show that's not entirely thought out what it and how yeah. it works uh just to think that like it changes because of him changing his past sometimes it's his body sometimes it isn't oh my god i can't it wow mind blown and to me that makes that makes it all better that's he said it probably no, it won't but it it does, no! it does. <laughs> Quit encouraging Chris. That, that does enable you to write off any, any inconsistency within Quantum Leap. You can write off by saying it's, it's a time travel show. It, of course, things are getting changed all the time. Chris, name me one moment that supports the mind theory definitively in that show. He can't. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Billie Jean. How can, how can man... Is how how can Sam, as a man, be giving birth? <laughs> they say in that episode that it is his body. Uh -huh. And then at the end, the doctor saying, I'm seeing a head of curls here, which means that a baby was coming out of somewhere. That means that that episode is inconsistent, but th that episode is the one that definitively tells us it is not his mind. Uh, until a freaking baby starts coming out of what? But they make a... <laughs> The point is they make a big deal out of that. It's not the writer of that episode just going, oh, I think this is how it works. They actually make a point of it in that one exception. And then they contradict that yeah. point with the last scene no, before Sam leaps out. They don't. 
don't. <laughs> they, they don't. That's the whole big deal. That's why That's why it's so weird whether or not you think a magic vagina makes sense. I don't know. But that's <laughs> it's his body. They tell us that it is. The fact that he's a man that's going to give birth or carry a baby or whatever is weird. It's a weird episode. <laughs> but that is the episode that defines that it is his body. That's why they're talking about the fact that when she goes into the future, they're like, what if the baby's born in the future? It's her body. Yeah, if until, it was the baby, his body, um, until the baby disappears from the waiting room and Sam starts giving birth it d- to it. So is it coming so out of his urethra? It, so you're trying to say... Is he pooping wait, it out? Okay, What's okay, going on? Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, oh, if, this was, if it was his mind, if it was his mind the whole time in that episode, then what the fuck is happening in the waiting room with the Sam body there carrying the baby? That doesn't make any sense either. I don't know. So excuse me, but you are wrong. <laughs> God, I love you. And coming soon from redbubble.com, the official QLP t-shirt, the magic vagina doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think we got a new t-shirt out of this. Uh, <laughs> Sam's magic vagina. Get <laughs> on that, Scott Madsen. <laughs> that, you can't use that as an example. That only further cements yes. uh, what me and Matt believe. Says you. I think Joseph Vandermark Donald is Belisario, a brilliant Donald genius. Donald also was very clear on this, that that's what he wanted, too. Him and, and uh, Deborah Pratt debated about this a lot, but he wa- that's what he wanted, was it to be his body. And there are a lot of inconsistencies within Quantum Leap, and Joseph Vandermark has nicely explained all of them. But... <laughs> yes, thank you! We don't need an explanation for the mind-body thing. <laughs> it's said in the show, in the dialogue, definitively, no one ever says that it's his mind. The show, the show defines it for us. All right. Keep clinging to your old ways. That's fine. <laughs> Joseph and I got to start. We're going to start a revolution. Why? Why was this can of worms opened up again? <laughs> Alison, do you, do you think we came across as condescending then? Just to check. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Whoever believes Chris's bullshit is wrong. <laughs> I'm going to sick Adrian Salerno on your asses. And just you watch, watch out. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have two more emails to go. These are just some general emails that we got from some listeners, um, not really uh, specific to any show. The first is from Matt's biggest fan, Mr. Ben Kirkham, Yay! who is also one of our Patreon supporters. And uh, Matt, why don't you read what he wrote? Sure. Hi, just wanted to share a theory with you. Oh, God, as long as it's not about minds and bodies leaving. Uh, just wanted to, Sorry, Ben. Just wanted to share a theory Start with you. Start cracking our knuckles. Sam never wanted the retrieval program to work. His subconscious wouldn't let him fix it. When he returned home in the leap back, he was able to figure out how to leap into Al and bounce him back, so there was no reason why he shouldn't have been able to immediately fix the retrieval, especially as his best friend would have needed to be retrieved at the time. So... He either lied to Donna about updating it, or he did it very half-heartedly. His subconscious has kept him leaping. Thoughts? Ooh, plenty of thoughts, many of which we'll return to in Mirror Image. Yeah. You didn't read that last part, smiley face? Oh, they're, they're, yeah, thoughts, <laughs> smiley face. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Ben. I wrote a short story uh, that was set post-Mirror Image um, called Somewhere Between Limbo and Lightning. Uh, I think it's available on the Al's Place website, of all places. You can probably find it on theflipside.com, too. That kind of delves into that very thing. So I believe, yes, 100% his subconscious wouldn't let him fix it, or he was just subconsciously avoiding the problem because he wanted to keep leaping. I think that makes the ending of that episode a little better, because it is sort of like very rushed through, like, I don't know, I guess subconsciously I was trying to fix it, and I figured out what to do, and anyway, bye! (laughs) (laughs) Bye! (laughs) And then the talking star. Yeah, and then the talking star. Yeah, we we had a lot of problems with that episode, but, um... Yeah, I think this is a good theory that, like, he just... He did it half-heartedly, um... On purpose. I think that's kind of a, a good way to fix that in my mind. Yeah, and uh, I'll post a link to uh, that short story on the show page for this episode of the podcast. And maybe you guys can tell us what you think of that. So, yeah, it's something that, that I've always thought of as a fan. And um, I think you are 100% right, Ben. So, you might be Matt's biggest fan, but I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> Thanks for the feedback, Ben. Mm, thank you. All right. 
And last but not least, I saved the best for last. Um, just look at the title of this email. Quote, Aww. you're wonderful. This is from uh, a I listener am. name. <laughs> you are. Oh, oh, sorry. This wasn't just directed <laughs> at me. I... This is from a listener named Nikki Suden. And Nikki writes to the team behind the Quantum Leap podcast. Hi, my name is Nikki, and I've been a fan of Quantum Leap since I was a little girl. At that time, my dad was strict about which episodes I could watch, but that still allowed me classics like The Color of Truth, Jimmy, and The Leap Home. When I got older, I watched the rest of the show, and those hours are some of my happiest from high school. Uh, this email is a long time coming because there was so much I wanted to say, and what it comes down to is thank you. Thank you for creating and continuing a wonderful podcast about my favorite show. Thank you for all the interviews from all the talented guests. Thank you for your insights and opinions about the episodes. I love hearing them, especially when they differ from my own. Keep up the great work. I'll be listening and cheering you on. Happy leaping, Nikki Sudin. Oh, thank you so thank much, you. Nikki. What a, what a nice thing to write. I blush. Especially when they differ from my own. That's ni- That's a nice change. Yeah. Adrian. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> no, no. I mean... <laughs> I just, you know, a lot of people like, it's nice that she's, she's like, yeah, I want to hear what other people think. And like, uh, you know, I don't want to just hear my own thoughts echoed back. That's nice. That's quite unusual in sci-fi fandom generally, not necessarily Quantum Leap fandom, but in sci-fi fandom, people tend to stick to their guns and don't like hearing conflicting views. So that's lovely to hear. I want to know what side Nikki falls on. If you could uh, follow up on this. Uh, is it his mind or his body? <laughs> Let us know definitive what you think. <laughs> Whose side are you on? <laughs> yeah, Nikki. Choose sides. <laughs> Choose sides. Choose one. Whoever loses the votes is kicked off the podcast. That's right. And no Captain Orchard cards for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just to speak to um, Nikki's point about loving hearing conflicting opinions or differing opinions from your own fandom. That's kind of why I wanted to do this. I know that I have been a little bit scattered about uh, producing the episodes lately, and um, sometimes the feedback just necessarily takes a back seat because I'm rushed getting the episode out. And I just thought that we had such a wealth of stuff to talk about here based on what you all think, that I did not want to just forget about it. I wanted to get those differing opinions out there and, you know, just give these thoughts the time they deserve. Thank you all so much for loving our show enough to take the time not only to listen to it, but to comment on it. It means the world to us. As Matt said to Emily, getting the feedback is validating. So on that level alone, we just love it. But then having so much fun going through it with you guys. To me, that's its own reward. So um, we want everybody out there to not feel shy. If you agree with us, if you're liking what we're doing, if you take issue with something I've said or one of us has said, if you just have a differing opinion on the whole mind, body, you know, dreams, leap for Lisa, color of truth, whatever. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going through your mind. So you can always, always let us know what you're thinking because there are many ways to contact the Quantum Leap Podcast. You can get us by phone at 707-847-6682. You can email us at quantumleappodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash quantumleappodcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Quantum Leap Pod. And you can always go that extra mile like many of the people you heard from on this show and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. And just remember... Any response that you send may be used on an upcoming episode of the Quantum Leap podcast or in a mail feedback special like this. What did we call it, Allison? Feedback? Uh, feed, feed package? <laughs> feedback? I love it. Feedback. Here's the feedback, everyone. I'm still like an hour and a half later. I haven't come up with a decent pun. I'm, I feel like a failure, guys. Uh, go to well, your oats. you didn't come up with feedback, so I think you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Anyway, uh, until that day, maybe that's that's the the orchard card can go to whoever comes up with a good name for our feedback segments. (laughs) Call call it feedful things. (laughs) Is that anything? It's everything. It's everything and then some. Uh, On that note, I am going to punch out. I have been Christopher DeFilippis. I've been Allison Pregler, and I've been Matt Dale. 
and we've loved hearing from you. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Quantum Leap podcast, hosted by Allison, Matt, and Chris, with voice talent and contributions from Hayden McQueenie and Zoe Dean. Visit us at quantumleappodcast.com. To support the show, please go to patreon.com slash quantumleappodcast. The Quantum Leap Podcast is edited by Albie, Christopher DeFilippis, and Allison Pregler. The executive producer of the Quantum Leap Podcast is Albert Burge. Christopher DeFilippis and Hayden McQueenie are the co-executive producers. Morgan Felden is the producer. The thoughts expressed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those of the Quantum Leap Podcast, its partners, or affiliates. The Quantum Leap universe and all it contains is the property of Belisarius Productions and Universal Television. The Quantum Leap podcast is not affiliated with Belisarius Productions or Universal Television, and no copyright infringement is intended. Please visit Baronspace.com for this and other amazing content. The Quantum Leap podcast is a Baronspace production. Juxtapose that with what we learn later in the season about why he's able to be in the Civil War, why he gets attached to Abigail Fuller, and the first time that he ever leaps back into someone when he returns to Jimmy's life, and you've got a reason that still gives us these great character stories just like it always has, but it builds on the science fiction Uh, action. You said said reason. Season, reason, woo! (laughs) (laughs) And reading it in a British accent automatically classes the whole thing up, too. Quite, yes. Cheerio! Cheerio. Uh, you know, I have I have oh just uh, an isolated drop of you saying Corblimey. It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have me on a soundboard? I hope you have me on a soundboard. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it's for all those prank calls. <laughs> uh. Hello, Britain calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he has that. Now he has that soundbite. <laughs> oh, Corblimey. <laughs> Sam's magic vagina.